Welcome to the Connecting Through Technology podcast, a show where business and sales leaders share how they are growing their customer-facing businesses in a digital world. Join us every week as we dive into the strategies on how you can grow your business using technology. The Connecting Through Technology podcast is powered by IntelliCall, video software that connects your customers with anyone in your organization with just one click from your website. Learn more at www.intellicall.com. Welcome to another episode of the Connecting Through Technology podcast powered by IntelliCall. I'm your host, Jonathan Kaur, and today I have the privilege of speaking to Mark Edwards, the director at Virtual Selling and Whiteboard Strategies. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Awesome. Well, let's kick this off right away, Mark. You know, a, a, a lot of the times this, uh, the way I like to kick off these uh, these podcast episodes, because it is mainly focused on, you know, sales, business professionals. Uh, I wanted to ask you right away, how did you get your start in sales? Uh, so I, I'm a little older than yourself. Actually, I haven't worked out your age yet, Jonathan, but so I've been in sales. I'm in my mid fifties now, and I got into sales initially back in the mid 19, in the early 1980s. Uh, I started out in life. I, I, I don't think that anybody wants to, or starts out wanting to get into sales. Uh, I wanted to be a musician. That was my plan. You might be able to see a guitar in the background. I was going to be the next Richie Blackmore. I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of Deep Purple, but that was my plan as a young child. Uh, but anyway, that didn't work out. And like most people, when your original plan doesn't pan out, you kind of fall over or fail over into sales, I think. So to start off with, uh, I was selling musical instruments. <clears throat> so you can see from my musical background, it made a lot of sense. I was very interested. And, you know, there was an opportunity to work in a music shop in Swansea in Wales, where I'm originally from. And so that was the start. I worked there for like two and a half years selling drum kits, guitars, keyboards, recorders, clarinets, violins, the full range. And I personally think retail sales was a great introduction uh, to selling. So that was my start. But that was a long, long time ago, early 1980s. Now you've you have your 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 two businesses, which is uh, whiteboard strategies and uh, uh, virtual selling. And so I wanted mm. to ask you for each of those businesses. And I noticed virtual selling. Uh, it looks like you started uh, last year in, in 2020. Right. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what problem does each of those business solve? Just so people can get an understanding as far as what you do and what you specialize in. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> the the the. On tree into virtual selling was really since 2009, uh, I'd been delivering whiteboard strategies services. So that was basically helping generally tech companies, technology companies worldwide, helping them to prepare presentations for their salespeople to deliver at a kind of typical whiteboard. You know, so that was that's for me the whiteboard. It's like a, it's like a 1958 Les Paul standard. <laughs> uh, it, it is the creme de la creme. In a world where power, people have gone PowerPoint mad, uh, the ability to be able to stand up at a whiteboard and deliver a pitch, a presentation for generally a high value consultative or a product or offering is a, a real skill in itself. So as I said, since 2009, I was developing those presentations and training salespeople worldwide uh, to deliver their pitches in customer meeting rooms uh, using the standard 
you know, kind of five by four office whiteboard. Come 2021, I was due to be, oddly enough, you're in Seattle, I was due to be coming to Seattle to train Microsoft security advisors uh, in how to use, they don't use a standard issue whiteboard, they use uh, this Surface Hub. I don't know if you've seen the Surface Hub, it's a 50 inch flat screen, uh, integrates into uh, Office 365, quite an extraordinary piece of technology. But anyway, I was going to be uh, showing them how to deliver a whiteboard presentation using that. But due to the COVID situation and circumstances, we had to kind of adapt to the new world, the new environment. Clearly, we'd been working on teams throughout the development of the project. But all of a sudden, in 2021, it became clear to me that whiteboards are kind of gathering dust at this moment in time. Most offices like the one behind you there, are kind of vacant. Uh, and now today's whiteboard is the shared screen on the desktop, either on Zoom or Teams or BlueJeans or any of the other kind of uh, remote uh, uh, platforms that, uh, that are available in the marketplace today. And so I've been helping companies adapt their sales presentations to this virtual environment because the tool set uh, if you compare it, the tool set for a whiteboard is very simple. There's the actual white space itself and typically four colored pens and a duster. That's it. It's all then down to imagination. But the tool set we have available in a virtual selling desktop is really quite phenomenal. So it's a case of helping organizations make the transition from real world in-person face-to-face selling, perhaps at a whiteboard, perhaps not, but helping them transition and make the most of the virtual sales opportunity. So that's what I'm doing nowadays. Yeah, and 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 I guess to unpack, you know, begin unpacking this piece here specifically, virtual selling and obviously the whiteboard strategies piece. Uh, I I read on your uh, LinkedIn that obviously you noticed that tech presenters, you know, would traditionally talk over their audience as opposed to talk to their audience. And so mm-hmm. I, I I wanted to ask you, you know, why. Why is that the case? Why do people tend to talk over their audience as opposed to to their audience? Uh, I I think my experience of it, as I said, most of my clients are in that tech vendor arena in that space. And really, as technologists, they're typically presenting and telling people about features, technical features, what something else will do potentially for their business. And what they tend to miss, and perhaps this is not just in the technology arena, but perhaps more in the kind of corporate space, what you don't get is you don't get very many personable presenters or speakers. The companies don't necessarily want the presenter to be a personality because a personality would be unique and it's perhaps not as easy to replace. So they kind of develop and teach presenters to present to the script in some respects, which is the 95 slides in a PowerPoint slide deck that generally are very, very feature specific. So say the key to me is very much a case of if you're going to be presenting, try and open up a little bit, let your audience know a bit about who you are, even in our introduction here. But listen, Jonathan, one of the ways that it's been good for you and I, the more we can show each other who we are, with our, with our, particularly with our similar musical backgrounds, the more likely it is that we're going to engage and have a better conversation with one another. So 
I just wish more kind of tech presenters would, as I said, just just open the kimono a little and show a bit more of who you are. Yeah, it, it, it's the whole just being a human aspect, you know, like some yeah. uh, I, I, uh, I, I've noticed on LinkedIn and, and talking to different professionals, you know, the difference between B2B or B2C, it's like this, I, I, instead of focusing on what makes them different, focus on what makes them the same. We're both humans, yes. like both Correct. of the audiences are humans. And so like they're like, even though our verbiage or copy or whatever wording might be different. The overall goal is to connect with an emotional human being to make right. some sort of decision, whether it is leave their email, opt in for a demo or, 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 or whatever the case may be. And so I think you're yeah. really highlighting that piece and, and having talked to several people mm. in the tech industry, it, it might be a little bit more, Hey, let's just get to business and kind of forget the you know human aspect, which is what I, is good. I think you're making some very good points. There. It makes me also wonder as to whether from both of our perspectives and maybe and the likelihood is many of the people in the audience listening to this chat will feel the same way, but we both have a retail background which was, you know, you're standing two, three feet away, you are having conversations, typically quite extended. It's not a two, three minute exchange. Somebody might be buying a set of guitar strings and they're in and out. But a lot of the time you may have customers that you would have to, you'd be having conversations with them every weekend for months on end. They're coming back and maybe slowly but surely making their decision. But, you know, is that, I think the relationship element to it uh, is key and is critical. And I've spoken all over the world and said, and, and, and much of my work is standing up and presenting in front of groups, small groups, medium-sized groups, up to large groups, maybe up to 5,000 people at the kind of largest uh, uh, company conferences that I've spoken at. But I've always pretty much early on, when I start, I expose who I am. Uh, as I said, I'll use that, that analogy again. I open the kimono, I tell them a few personal truths that I think have some specific meaning to them. <clears throat> I don't know whether you watch any of those online kind of personalities, the business personalities, the Gary V's of the world and people like that. But, you know, you'll notice that they, they, they are basically open books. They tell you who they are, everything about them, how they grew up, who their mum and dad is, the challenges they had as children. That, that's why people, people engage with that. <clears throat> uh, he's got Again, a whole load of other solutions and <clears throat> and offerings and services that he can sell, but people are buying him. And part of that is because he's been prepared to tell them who he is. And people appreciate that. Yeah. Said, and people buy from people. Exactly. And I think, you know, one of the illustrations that I've noticed as far as like just seeing the human dynamic is like you picture like let's picture like a little kid. Let's say they're playing at the park and they see another kid. They're automatically like drawn. It's like, oh, wow, another somebody that's my same age. Like, I'm sure they're not processing all these specific things, but like, hey, another yes. kid. And I think naturally us as human beings, we do the same thing, whether it is Gary Vee or some other, you know, business uh, thought leader out there, you know, like them sharing and, and, and really giving an insight into their life. I think naturally as yes. human beings, we're really interested in each other. And so I Correct. think that provides an avenue to do that. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you, you mentioned Microsoft. Obviously, you had to pivot the actual uh, coming out to Seattle, which uh, hopefully we'll have you out here in, in Seattle in the future. Um, but you know, you, you had to pivot to an online model. And so I wanted to ask you real quick, especially for sales professionals who are making presentations, you know, whether it is to a one, you know, a one member audience or several people, uh, maybe it's through a webinar or something like that. I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some of the tips and the actual like practical strategies that you noticed that allowed for you to build that rapport, allowed for you to build trust online, even if you're not face-to-face -face with the individuals. <clears throat> it's odd you mentioned 
perhaps one of the more challenging situations there, which is the webinar, which is um, a hidden audience, uh, which is extraordinarily challenging. Uh, I, I don't know if I've, <clears throat> I've watched a, a lot of interviews recently with comedians who've had an awful lot of trouble because a, a comedian like myself as a salesperson and like myself as a presenter, you need to be able to read your audience. And that is one of the challenges for most people with regards to virtual selling, whether it's one-to-one using a, a remote platform or one, two, five, or six, which becomes more complicated. But then on a webinar, maybe it's one to 50 or maybe one to 500 or many more. There's major, major challenges there that I think uh, each presenter really does need to kind of consider and look at uh, what are the challenges what are the limitations of the technology that I'm, I'm using? And then what are the opportunities that the technology actually provides me with? Because what I'm also seeing is people in many respects failing to take advantage of the opportunity that's presented to them here. I go back in the not too distant past. I would typically, if going to see a new business customer, I'd drive 75 or 150 miles. I'd spend hours driving there to see them just to get maybe an hour of their time. And that hour of time would be in their office. Yeah, I was a guest visiting their office. I had no control over the environment. They they determined what meeting room we were going to be in uh, uh, and so on. Whereas now, using the virtual space, uh, we have, as presenters, you have tremendous opportunity to take advantage of that environment. And I just, I don't see enough organizations in particular. I see some individuals that are keen to understand and keen to develop and use the technology available. But many organizations, I just think they've they've seen their workforce pivot across from field-based selling, territory selling into working from home and they just think virtual selling is just give them a just give them a webcam and a Zoom account, and and that's it. And there's an awful lot more that can be done, but it won't happen unless you take the time to understand the tools and put in place the necessary plan to uh, 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 to, to take steps to put it into action. We hope you're enjoying today's episode. Here's a quick shout out to today's sponsor. IntelliCall is a video software that connects your customers with anyone in your organization with just one click from your website. But in a world filled with video software, why should you consider IntelliCall? I'll tell you why using one word, simplicity. IntelliCall allows you to connect via video without downloading any software, sending any meeting IDs or passwords. On top of that, IntelliCall integrates directly onto your website So if any customers or prospects want to get in contact with you directly, they can do just that. For more information on IntelliCall or to schedule a demo, please visit us at www.intellicall.com. And now back to today's episode. Unpacking the tools piece, obviously you had mentioned, you know, there's different ways to have, whether it's through video and other means. I wanted to ask you, what's, what's your current kind of tool toolbox as far as you know technology and tools that you use in order to virtually sell and and, and be more efficient in connecting with well <clears throat> my, my rig here is uh, uh, I don't know I wouldn't call it a Rolls Royce of rigs but <clears throat> over the years because I have been working with companies internationally anyway so for, for me I need a good camera I've got as you can see here 
I've got a kind of multi-camera setup <clears throat> so I can use and present at a whiteboard should I need to be able to do that. That means I've got to have what I've got here, Blackmagic Design A10 Mini, which is a kind of video mixer. I've got a remote or wireless microphone setups. I've got a tablet that I work on here. So <clears throat> when whiteboarding virtually, I use uh, my Wacom tablet here so I can draw onto my screen and I can whiteboard live to whoever's on the other end of the virtual setting. <clears throat> There's also occasions when I might need to use an iPad. In Zoom, you can mirror your iPad onto the screen. And I've also got various other tablets here as well. So I've got quite a rig. Typically, your corporate <clears throat> sales representative today is probably, as I said, no more than a webcam and a Zoom account. Uh, but they still have what the, what the platform offers in terms of screen share uh, uh, technologies and, uh, and offerings. And of course, they've got the full range of applications uh, that they maybe would have used before anyway, but they've got a lot that they could be doing with regards to PowerPoint, and maybe they could be using some video settings as well. So I just wonder, <clears throat> I'm, I'm assuming, Jonathan, that that background for you there actually is a virtual background. I'm assuming you're not in a, a 4,000 square foot office on the, on your own there. But I just want, so that the virtual background is a fantastic feature. I wonder what we're going to have with regards to these platforms in about a year's time, in a year's time, 18 months' time, two years' time, because they're kind of playing catch up with one another. I think there's features on Zoom that are better than the features available on Teams. And again, I would say the same for some of the other platforms that I've had the opportunity to, to kind of work on as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing what are we going to have available in a typical virtual meeting environment in, let's say, 18 months, two years. We'll see. There's a few changes that I would like to see happen. I'd like to see when we started the call. I can't stand the fact that all of our calls start with, can you see me? Can you hear me? I'd like to have, as you'll understand from the musical background, I'd like to have a monitor. I'd like to be able to see what you're seeing and hear what you're hear, hearing without me having to kind of check. I think that that will probably be available, hopefully in the not too distant future. We yep. shall see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I I think, you know, like specifically with, with, with you kind of breaking down the tools that you were talking about as far as connecting, it's, uh, I'm, I'm sure the musical background influences the quality of sound and all these different things. But I think in general, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a YouTube video, whether it's a video on yeah. LinkedIn, wherever it is, quality does matter. Like even if it, it, even if it isn't like a 4k, you know, fully produced, maybe you have a Newman microphone, like the, the high end of the high end, yes. like yes. It, it, it doesn't need to be that, but it does need to be better than, than the standard or right. than the norm. Because, you know, I've seen as far as like how people position their, their camera, sometimes it's kind of like facing up their nose or, you know, like at a weird angle, all these different things. Correct. help you build credibility. Like it, it's more of like, kind of like, you don't have to say, you don't have to say that you're a credible, trustful, you know, a detailed person, it, your rig, your setup, when you connect with somebody, it shows for it. Like instantly yes. you see, oh wow, this quality is good. I can see them well. You don't have to ask all these things, but those little details set you apart from the rest, especially when you're looking at connecting with prospects. And so, you know, yes. we just, we just covered the tools piece. Obviously you'd mentioned you, you know, you do whiteboard strategies and virtual selling. 
and, and you also alluded that it's not as simple as giving someone access to a video conferencing thing and saying, Hey, mm-hmm. good luck. It's like, so from a high level view without getting too specific, yes. yeah. how does an organization effectively implement a virtual selling program in this day and age? Mm. Well, I think the first thing they've got to do, and I've got to say it's quite rare for organizations to uh, actually spend much time and consideration on this specific area, because for the last nine months, I've been reaching out to lots of organizations and actually asking them, how good do you think your salespeople are at virtual selling? One of my target questions when using a whiteboard, I would draw it up, but I can present it here now. I would just say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how effective, we can say effective or how professional uh, do you think your salespeople are in presenting themselves and your company's offerings in a virtual environment? On a scale of one to 10, where are you? And I think most people would have to score it relatively low. I mean, they'd have to give it a kind of a four or a five. For some strange reason, um, uh, it, it perhaps passes them by that there is a tremendous opportunity for the company and the individuals within it to actually raise their uh, capability. So if they are currently at a five or a 10, hey, why don't they become an eight or a 10? What would it take? And I think what organizations need to do is literally to start with, have a, 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 a clean audit. Where are we now? How do we enable our people? What have we done to support our people, not only in terms of the technology? Have we, as I said, have we given them the camera? Have we given them the headphones and an account that they can use? But what have we done in terms of giving them the skills? Most organizations will have invested probably quite large sums in developing the selling skills of their salespeople. But those selling skills were designed and structured around a, typically around a face-to-face meeting. I mean, again, telesales, I think, is somewhat... Te- the telesales people are perhaps uh, much more comfortable and at home in this environment. But your traditional, what I would always have called a blue suit, white shirt, red tie, BMW driving salesperson, I, not, <laughs> not so many of them anymore wear, wear ties. But if you went back to the 1980s, that was your typical kind of road warrior, blue suit, white shirt, red tie, BMW driver, certainly here in the UK. Um, but those people are not uh, adapt, adapting well, many of them. Certainly depends on probably on their age, but in terms of their, how are they adapting to this new environment? I think organizations, and I'm suggesting, and I am working with some organizations to help them develop a roadmap and a plan for improving their overall capability in terms of how their people present. So let's take that organization from a five out of 10, which is a bit hit and miss. Their presentations online are probably nothing more than just talking heads. Uh, whereas as I said, screen share, in my opinion, screen share is the, is the whiteboard. That's when you capture the customer's attention. But then we have to make sure that when we've got screen share, are the slides that we're using adapted and, and are they workable in a virtual environment? They might have been fine in a conference room, uh, but are they specifically, are they there to capture the attention of your audience in a virtual environment? So back to the drawing board, work out what it is that you think you can do and want to be able to do, and then put the plan into action. Before I ask you the last question, uh, Mark, you know, is there any final thoughts on virtual selling or, you know, some of the topics as far as tools, how to's, you know, mistakes or like, is there anything that we didn't cover in this conversation that you would want to uh, leave with the audience? 
I, it, it's, as I said, it, it, it really is a very, very broad subject. And I think each individual out there will probably have their own challenges, their own obstacles that they, that they need to overcome. The, the, the main advice that I would give is, is consider the fact that um, and it's, you don't even have to be the meeting organizer. You've organized this meeting, but I could ask you for access to the screen share and you could give me that access and I could take you into my world. You know, I mean, with it, so, but people need, I've spoken to very experienced salespeople about virtual selling only to find out that they're pretty good on camera. Uh, and good having conversations, but for some reason they don't even seem to be able to know how to do a screen share. So I, I would suggest to everybody there, learn the platform that your company have uh, selected out of the various platforms available in the market. Work out the nuances of it. What does it allow you to do? What can you do? What can't you do? Certain things integrate with certain packages and, and not with others. Find out what is going to work for you and, and then consider how you want to present and you'll deliver your proposition or your solution and see how you could improve the production values. I think you inferred earlier on, you know, how can you, what can you do to just make it a little bit tighter, a little bit slicker, uh, make it so that the image is, is a bit cleaner so that it's presented in a way which represents you and yourself and your company well. So there's 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 an awful lot of stuff that can be done. And I think I'd probably just put the, for individuals that are uh, uh, interested, I'd point them in really in the direction of get onto their own desktop and just start playing around with whatever platform you're working on and work out what you can actually do. Yep, that's uh, that's great advice. And so, uh, obviously, like like I mentioned to the audience, you know, you're uh, the director for your company's whiteboard strategies and virtual selling. If people are interested in learning more about you and what you do, and uh, what are some of the best ways to connect and find you? Well, again, on LinkedIn, my name is Mark Edwards. And LinkedIn, I think, is is perhaps they've they've captured the market there again. Another Microsoft win uh, in this world, uh, and. Uh, in addition to that, there's two websites, whiteboardstrategies.co.uk. So uh, for international uh, uh, viewers, dot, instead of .com, we, in the UK, we use .co.uk, .co.uk. Uh, so whiteboardstrategies.co.uk will give you some insight into the whiteboard-specific part of my offering. And virtualselling.co.uk is the other website that you can go and look at as well, which will give you insight and information into uh, how you and your organization can improve your virtual selling skills. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for hopping on the podcast, sharing some of your experience, obviously how you got started in sales and now how you've pivoted into starting You know, these two companies, one over 10 years ago and then one within the past year, and then obviously sharing a lot of the insights and uh, I guess wisdom that you've gained uh, within your tenure in sales and obviously mm -hmm. helping organizations uh, connect with customers uh, and prospects on a, a, on a more human level. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you brought to the audience today. Hey, it's been a real pleasure, Jonathan. Uh, nice to get to know you. And hopefully we can do this again sometime. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing to our podcast. Also, if you have any additional questions about the show, please visit us at www.intellicall.com.